I just finished having a carefrontation with my boyfriend. A confrontation? Carefrontation. They're different. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? Our therapist uh, basically has this format for us to speak to each other. And we have um, a designated time every Sunday that we discuss something that's like on the roster. It's like the therapy is our lifesaver right now. We would have probably broken up like two weeks ago. I'm Rima Khreis, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. So a lot of couples right now are suddenly quarantined with each other nearly every minute of the day, and it's putting pressure on relationships, especially as the pandemic creates new financial problems. Today, we've got two stories about two couples trying to figure out what their future will look like. When Kat and her boyfriend, Andrew, moved in together three years ago, it was super rocky. The arguments we have when they get back can last 42 hours. Like, we will have periods where we're just not talking. They fight about money, about communication styles, about cleanliness. I'm not saying I'm the cleanest person, but (laughs) yeah, it drives me insane. And now with the pandemic, things for Andrew and Kat have been especially tough. Their biggest quarantine fight yet started a couple weeks ago. So Kat, she works at a startup in Atlanta and is now working remotely. But Andrew is in construction, and his employer still requires him to come in every day, which makes Kat really nervous. One day while he was at work, she called him up at like 6.30 a.m. while she was still in bed. And he's like, hey, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And I go, yeah, you know, I'm reading about all of this, and I think that we're not taking this seriously enough. I'm like, you need to not go to work right now because if anyone brings it home, it's going to be you. And all of us are going to get it. But Andrew disagreed. I didn't see the risk being high enough for me to want to leave my job. Right, because that's a huge deal too, like to decide to leave your job. Like, what were you worried about? Uh, Insurance. You know, if I do get sick, how am I going to pay for it? Kat told him he didn't need to worry about that. We're going to be fine. And that her salary of $40,000 would be enough to cover rent and groceries. She was also just diagnosed with tonsillitis, which can make it hard for her to breathe. She told him it's more important that they stay safe and healthy. He's like, yeah, isn't that like the flu? We'll be fine. I'm like, no, dude, this is like, this is nothing like the flu. This is killing people. I really need you to take this seriously. This question of whether to keep working and basically put your health at risk versus staying at home and losing a source of income is a huge dilemma people are facing right now, especially those in service jobs and in industries that have been deemed essential. For Kat and Andrew, it's something they keep butting heads on. So when they're both home and things feel tense, they often retreat to their hiding spots. For Kat, it's in their truck parked outside. I'm sitting in the car right now. Oh, it's so hot. It's super hot. Really hot. Oh, my God. It's probably, like, almost 90 degrees. I'm oh probably going to open a door. Like, I'm dying. Yeah, I'm please dying open the right door. Now. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Andrew's typical spot is on a folding chair. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on a side porch where no one will bother me. And really, they want all the space they can get because they're actually not alone in their condo. 
Back in February, Andrew's best friend had asked to crash with them. But this guy has just, God bless him, he's been like the biggest, I'm sorry to call it to say it, like he's been like the biggest moocher. Like his reputation precedes him. This friend was only supposed to stay for three days. But three days turned into a week, then two weeks. Then, of course, coronavirus happened. And here we are. We are almost five weeks in, (sighs) and he's here. I now have to tell someone every other day, please put the seat down, please. And yeah, they're not going to kick him out during a pandemic. So now Kat is quarantined in a two-bedroom condo with a roommate she never wanted and a boyfriend she keeps arguing with. Eventually, she and Andrew agree he'll stay home and just use his PTO. But then after a week of that, they're in the kitchen one day putting together a grocery list when he casually says, I'm going to have to go get those power bars I like so I can put them in my lunch for when I go back to work. I said, work? When did you decide you're going to return to work? Andrew told her that staying at home just felt like a huge risk financially. What if this doesn't work out? I can't just quit my job and have nothing to lean back on. But I don't want you to put your health and all of our health at risk. I'm going to help take care of you. I'm wholeheartedly offering that. And I'm offering to do something that is going to help all of us. I I, I get a little sarcastic. I would would say, okay, well, you want to pay for everything. You You pay for it. That's fine. I don't care. Things escalated real quick. And they started to yell at each other. I said, I I want you to understand, if you are going to continue going to work, I will stay somewhere else. It finally came out of my mouth. I said, you know what? That's non-negotiable for me. I felt like it was an ultimatum. I felt, you know, I felt very pressured to make a a split, a huge decision in a split second. And I wasn't comfortable making. Then Kat got a last word in. I looked at him and I said, you are just as bad as some of these corporations that their main concern is money right now because there will be no paycheck for you to get if you're sick and if you're on a ventilator. I hope you know Mm. that. And I slammed the door and I went on the side porch. And keep in mind, they have an audience for all of this. It's embarrassing because our, you know, my boyfriend's friend is in another room and it's kind of like, well, guy, you're here. You're going to have to hear this. Sorry. Like you're here. You weren't (laughs) supposed to be here in the first place. That night, they didn't really talk. In fact, Kat ended up sending him a text saying, I think it's best you sleep on the couch. And for the next 24 hours, it was all silent treatments. But every Sunday at noon, they have their carefrontations. So that's when they finally sat down to talk. First, Andrew apologized, and he told her, I have no clue how to, to handle this. I have no clue what to do. This is brand new to both of us. and you're expecting solutions, you know, on the spot. And it's, it's very, very frustrating. It gives me high anxiety and it gets, honestly, it gets my blood boiling. If Andrew quits his job, he wants to use this as an opportunity to move out of construction. He'd apply to a five-month coding program. But first, he'd need to get accepted and get a loan to cover thousands of dollars worth of tuition. It's just a lot of what-ifs. I'm still juggling with, you know, the fear of the fear of losing everything or, you know, burning a bridge, not getting accepted, not being able to find a loan. 
how long am I going to be out of work? She doesn't know. I don't know. No one knows. That all said... I, I, I did concede to what she wants to do. He's going to stay home. But he told her, paying the rent, all the bills, his car insurance... It's going to be very stressful on top of the stress that you already have from day-to-day things, you know? I feel like it might end up being too much. And how did you feel about the, just like the thought of her paying for everything for you? I, I don't like it. I don't, I, yeah. I still don't like it. Yeah. I, it's, you know, I hate being dependent on somebody. And he says his mind starts spiraling to all these hypotheticals. You know, what if she wants to leave her job and can't? What if it leads to more tension, more fights, especially with less money to spend just for fun? I'm freaking out just thinking about it. Meanwhile, Kat's relieved he's no longer working, but she does feel pressure being the sole breadwinner. There's like a little figurative voice that bubbles up like, hey, hey, what if you get sick? Hey, what if you lose your job? Hey, you and your boyfriend are probably gonna are probably gonna break up. And then it's like, I have to like push that down. Like, mm-hmm. nope, can't think about that right now. For what it's worth, they've asked their new roommate to chip in on rent, which will help. This health crisis is forcing people to make really fast and hard choices about their lives, choices that financially can feel pretty counterintuitive and mentally draining. So if you're going to be honest with yourself, if Kat was okay with you working, do you think you would? Uh, yeah, honestly. Especially my job is considered essential. Yeah. So it sounds like it's sort of a compromise you make when, you know, you're in a relationship and there are other yeah. things you have to take into consideration, other people. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And, you know, and... I got to put a little bit of trust in her, too. You know, she she says she's willing to do this and that she's capable, and I, I have to trust that. Coming up after the break, one couple and their big day. Mina Hughes and Seth Anderson first met while working in the kitchen at Whole Foods. They went from coworkers to friends to dating, and eventually they moved in together. Then, after five years, Seth proposed, and Mina was definitely ready. Well, here, I'll tell you a little secret, a little embarrassing secret. I actually bought my wedding dress before Seth proposed. I love it. After the proposal last spring, Nina and Seth got to planning the wedding right away. Did you have like a bunch of spreadsheets and documents? And <laughs> By Seth's laughter, you can tell that that is a yes. Everything has a spreadsheet. I have one for all of the numbers. I have one for the guest list. I have one. Family and friends from all over the country were going to fly in. And they had booked their dream venue. It's kind of an old retrofitted um, warehouse. So it's got, you know, the old wood floor with some brick walls and this nice big chandelier kind of right in the middle of it. And for dinner, there was going to be a taco truck. And then we're having a churro truck come through for dessert. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I love that. The wedding was set for this Saturday. That was until, you know. The cancellations started trickling in at the beginning of March. So, you know, it's, it started off with his aunt and uncle not being able to come. His aunt and uncle had just gotten back from a cruise and were worried they were showing symptoms. So I told them, fine, you know, no problem. Like, you know, you got to do what is best for your health. By March 13th, they were flooded with I'm so sorry texts and emails. Even Seth's mom, Julie, had to cancel. His mom has been just one of the most amazing women that I have ever met. It was particularly hard for Mina, who thinks of Seth's family as her own. I don't, I don't talk to my mom. Um, so my, my family's really small. Um, I was just like, well, if Julie can't come, then I think it was like, well, what's the point, you know? But the wedding was still on. Until a few days later, Mina was at work. She's a manager at a coffee shop. We actually had to close early because it was about noon and no one was outside. That's when she got an email from their wedding venue. Saying that, like, we would no no longer be able to have our wedding um, on the day that we had planned. Oh, so they canceled on you. Yeah, they did. It happened, and it just kind of left us reeling for, for a little while there. Yeah, it was a pretty raw feeling. It was just a slap in the face, like, okay, like, your wedding is canceled, it, you know, yeah, whether real. you like it or not. By the end of that day, the Bay Area ordered a shelter in place, and Seth and Mina sent out a sad text telling their guests the wedding was on hold. Meanwhile, Seth's day-to-day has gotten really stressful. He's a department manager at the Whole Foods where they met, and he's been working crazy hours dealing with stressed-out shoppers and employees. Mina, on the other hand, got furloughed from her job, and she's just been at home trying to process it all. They're not alone. Thousands of weddings have been canceled over the last several weeks. Some couples have opted to do virtual weddings instead, or a small ceremony at home. For Mina and Seth, having this celebration, having their friends and family there to witness their union, was really important to them. Mina had actually been married before. Yes, um, I think in planning my first wedding, I, you know, I was, I don't know, I was just in a really weird state in my life. Um, and I also like knew deep down inside, I probably wasn't going to be with that person uh, for the rest of my life. And because it wasn't with the right person, she didn't put a lot of thought into it. But with Seth, the wedding has a lot of meaning. It was a little bit more like, this is part of our family story. This is adding to the foundation of us. Seth and Mina had to figure out what their next move was. And so over breakfast last week, Seth threw out an idea. Maybe we can just go go to the courthouse or and, and get married that way and then um, just hold like a party later. Celebrate everything once, you know, we're we're allowed to. You know, just keep things as simple as possible. We'll just wear something nice. We don't need to, like, get fully dressed up. Oh, that's what takes me off. And then that's what set her off. <laughs> it wasn't that having a wedding party was as important as the marriage. But for Mina, it just felt like Seth was dismissing what the wedding symbolized. 
I wasn't really, it just didn't really connect with me. I didn't really understand exactly what was so upsetting about that at the moment. He just thought he was offering solutions. But in that moment, Mina, feeling stressed about the wedding, about their jobs, picked a fight. If I'm going to get married, I'm getting married in my wedding dress and you're getting married in your custom suit. Like, that's the only way. I remember I was just, I just got so defensive because I was like, I don't care what we wear. Like, it doesn't matter. I was like, matter. damn it, I do. It does matter. <laughs> I think I was just, I was just hurting and I think I just took it out on you. Yeah, well, it's, it happens. It's, sometimes that just happens. I'm sorry. It's Okay. I love you, Mina. I love you, too. Mina and Seth called up the photographer, the florist, the wedding planner, and their venue, trying to figure out what their options are. And that's when they found out. They won't give us back our deposit. What? We can move our date, which, you know, most vendors have said, like, you can, you can move your date, but we're not going to give you your money back. What financially was at stake here? $20,000. They've already paid about $15,000 up front to the vendors, and the remaining $5,000 was going to be paid after the wedding. But with Mina's job furloughed and the future so uncertain, that money could really come in handy. We want our money back because we're in a position where now one of only one of us is working, and we might want to put that money towards like paying our mortgage or something. But that's not happening, so they have to make some contingency plans. And while they're frustrated about not getting refunds, they also kind of get it. I mean, when you think about the ones that we'd put a lot of money down, it's like a florist, a wedding photographer, a wedding planner. Like, all three of those are, they are companies, but they're, it's mostly just them yeah. as a person. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's hard to be that mad with someone when the whole world is kind of going through a crazy thing. Yeah. So, Also, our... our a big majority of our vendors are um, black women, women of color, and, you know, this situation is going to hit us hardest. So I also didn't want to be in a position where I'm literally taking away, like, a mother's, you know, food for her children or anything like that. No one knows how these next few months are going to unfold, which makes it hard to plan anything, let alone a wedding. But Mina and Seth went ahead and rescheduled. Now, their wedding is October 2nd. If it happens, it happens. If not, then, you know, at least I wasn't overly excited about it. And not knowing when they're going to get married exactly, it puts other big life plans in limbo. Like, they want to move and have kids, but now they're weighing when that'll happen. I'll be 34 this year, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of told myself, like, I didn't want to be too late into my 30s when we had kids. Or even if that'll happen. We are just trying to be realistic with what our situation is. If we're still able to get enough, generate enough income to be able to support us and and another human appropriately. And now with the pandemic in full force, they're reconsidering getting legally married ASAP. You know, if something were to happen to him or something were to happen to me and we were in the hospital, like, neither one of us can make those choices. Hmm. Um, Even though he knows, you know, exactly what I want, like, that that choice would come down to, you know, I don't even know. Like, (laughs) who would make those choices for me? 
Yeah. I think we would have to contact your mom. I think she'd be the one that would be legally responsible for that. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because it's like I haven't spoken to my mom in years, but she would mm. be making those choices. And like I spend every day with you. COVID-19 has fundamentally changed the way we think about our futures. For Mina and Seth, over the next few weeks and months, they'll likely have to make some hard decisions around their work and finances. And it's something Mina is trying to keep in perspective. As Americans, I think that we we plan all these different things and we kind of always expect that we'll get what we planned and we'll get what we, we anticipated. And um, so I think in letting and in, in being told that, you know, like something like your wedding can't happen, it's really put me in a position where Um, maybe I shouldn't expect everything to go the way it should all the time. So this Saturday will be your wedding day. Or should have been your wedding day. Should have been, yeah. Should have been our wedding Um, day. What are you all going to do instead? Well, I was was thinking about it, and I was like, I do want to make a nice dinner for you and and have a fire in the fireplace and do something cozy and... And nice. We've definitely got a bunch of booze in the garage that we can open up. Yeah. We've <laughs> <laughs> got $300 worth of wedding booze that we could tap into. Oh, because you have all the booze from the wedding? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I gotta be careful about that. So we're going to keep bringing you stories about how the pandemic is impacting relationships, both romantic and platonic. So please hit us up. Keep sharing your experiences with us. We really love to hear them. Meanwhile, we're going to bring you a conversation soon with a mental health expert and would love to take some of your questions about things you're struggling with right now, either financially or emotionally. You can email us about any or all of that at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. All right, that's all for this week's show. This is Uncomfortable is me, Rima Reis, Megan Dietry, Haley Hirschman, Peter Bellinon-Rosen, and Daisy Palacios, with help this week from Eliza Mills. Our intern is Daniel Martinez. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Drew Jostad is our engineer. Editing by Sarah Kramer. Satara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. And Deb Clark is the senior vice president and general manager of Marketplace. And our theme music is by Wonderly. All right, stay safe. I'll catch y'all next week. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. 
Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.